This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 333 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Mill Creek Spreaders and TotalSaddleFit.com. This week on the show, we have Christina Firth from the United States Dressage Federation to answer some show-related questions, and trainer Lauren Griffin joins us for a Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Without without our, our famed producer, Glenn, who is not <laughs> joining us today because we couldn't make our schedules work. It's just us. Fingers crossed, everybody, <laughs> that it works. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have a good show. Yes, we have a really good show planned today. How are you, Philip? I'm doing good. It's getting colder. All the leaves have changed. You know, you can really tell it's fall now. So that's good. I know. We're I know it's lots coming. Of fun with the horses. Yeah, it's been really good. That's awesome. I know. We actually had a little frost ice on the cars today. It's a little rough. I'm not going to lie. It's a little early for me. <laughs> so you attended. We we were doing uh, early shows the week before last because you you went off and attended uh, regional championships and. Yeah, St. Louis, Louis, really good. Hello was was super. um, We actually got um, hit the wild card score uh, for both third level and the third level freestyle. So we are going to the U.S. National Finals here. Um, It's here in Lexington, and it's so uh, far away. (laughs) Yeah, so far ten ten minutes, uh, which is great fun. in some ways, actually, it's harder to show here than it is in St. Louis, you know, or, or going away because I'm here. But but for the finals, I'll really just focus on that. Yeah, and, focus on your yeah. your riding and yep. and not like last year where we were just hanging out. Yeah, you were exactly. coaching a bit. I, we're working. Yeah, but I was just hanging out and not <laughs> doing anything. Yeah, yeah he was a really show. good boy. I was really proud of him. My third level test. Um, you know, he's just growing up. This this summer has was a big one for him, and he's growing up. And he had a really super third level test. It was a seventy two percent, or right by seventy two. Uh, and uh, then the freestyle, he made actually a normal mistake. He, the music came on really loud, and it scared him. Like he legitimately got scared from the music. So uh, the first part of my test wasn't quite what I wanted, um, but we were just sixty nine and change just under 70% and the freestyle with some, some, my first two movements were not so good. So, um, <laughs> he really, you know, he took a deep breath and, and sort of got in the game and, and we were able to finish super strong. So I feel really good about going to the finals and I'm looking forward to it. I've never, I have not ridden there. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, it should be, it should be, should be fun. I think so. so it's supposed I to be fun. So. <laughs> yes, it is supposed to be fun. It'll be really fun for us. It'll be great. So, uh, so thanks for asking. But yeah, it was a really fun show, and uh, that's actually one of the uh, Christina Firth from the USDF is coming on um, because um, we hit the wild card score. We actually also hit one of the other scores. Um, so it it was a little confusing to figure out how to register for the championships. So I asked Christina to come on the show. So I hope that will help everybody um, in their quest for the U.S. National Dressage Finals uh, as we go through. So that is that's kind of what we have going on here, Philip. It's also getting a little chilly and the leaves are changing, but it's perfect weather here right now in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that okay. Then that's why I'll be heading down to see. Yeah, you that's where you're coming to visit <laughs> next week. Yeah, <laughs> as it gets colder, I'm gonna just start. Moving a little more and a little bit more south. South, yeah. That's yeah, a good and idea. end up in um, Mexico or Panama. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Okay, well, we have yeah. a bit of news here and there to uh, to catch up on because of our two week um, delay. So, Reese, yeah. why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what's going on? Sure. Well, you know, it, this is it's a very sad thing. Um, Lloyd Landcammer, who has been um, a longtime friend of my family and an organizer, he organized the World Equestrian Games, um, the North American Young Rider Championships. September 25th, and his life partner, Bill Salinches, has requested in lieu of flowers donations in Lloyd's memory to be made to the American Cancer Society. Um, and for more information, you can find that online, um, and it will be earmarked for colon cancer research. So that's very sad. Lloyd was sad just day. a wonderful- Yeah, I was just, uh, I was watching sort of the, uh, you know, Facebook messages and just messages in the media. I think this guy had a lot of friends and was a real dressage supporter i um, i didn't know him but uh yeah, yeah. he was condolences he was to the family and to his partner like to his partner bill it's yeah no it's news. yeah really sad news and monica fitzgerald who is fantastic she was actually the secretary at um the horse show i was at the region four championship she is going she was appointed the new manager of the global dressage festival uh which is a huge job that was lloyd's position and monica worked with lloyd uh, so i know it's a heavy heart that she will take that position but she will do a fantastic job um so we'll really uh wish her well in her journey and we will see her this winter for sure and then our last bit of news we have is that Vallegro, written by Charlotte Desjardins, will not seek a third straight World Cup title. So another, uh, so another horse and rider will become individual champion for the first time when the global stage is in Gothenburg, Sweden, uh, next March. Um, and I read online, Philip, there, which is really cool. Um, I, I think that they feel like Vallejo certainly owes them nothing, uh, which is fantastic to see that. And um, they're really shooting him for Rio. That's it's all about the Olympics, to. right? Mm-hmm. So they're giving, the Olympics. I guess the, the story is that they're giving him the winter off. I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, Vallegro doesn't need a whole lot of work on his training, you know? <laughs> he's pretty so, trained, I think, yeah. I think he's been trained pretty good. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah. you know, kind of a smart Great. decision. Yeah, and, I think yeah. awesome. Awesome decision. Because yeah, that winter and, tour can be quite quite difficult. A lot. And later on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of, you know, how we schedule things and, and you know, when do we give the horses time off and when do we amp up for showing and, and you know, sort of a lead into, you know, what's everybody doing for the winter with uh, Lauren Griffin's going to come on and talk to us about that. So that, that's kind of cool. And, yeah, no, uh, I think it's great. And, and I props to, to Charlotte and, and to Carl Hester and, and what they're doing, because I think it's a super example for all of us that, you know, you can't continue to ask at some point. You really have to say, OK, you know, you've done your time job. Time for a break. Time anything. for a break. Yeah. yeah. Time for, we all so. need a break, right? Yeah, exactly. So super. And I hope Villagro enjoys his vacation a little bit. Um, so right after this commercial break, we will get started with Christina Firth from the USDF uh, answering some questions about the U.S. Dressage Finals, and she will also a- answer a listener question at the end of her interview. They've made the best even better. Mill Creek Manufacturing is now the first and only company to make stainless steel compact manure spreaders. What does that mean for you? A worry-free solution to your manure management for years to come. Often, if a body on a spreader rusts, it's time for a new one. And we've had that happen. We certainly had some old spreaders that rusted out. Mill Creek stainless steel spreaders are guaranteed not to rust through for life. These are the only compact manure spreaders you'll find anywhere with a warranty like that. There's also a three-year warranty on the mechanics and structure. Put this together with Mill Creek's exclusive low-maintenance sealed bearings, and you've got a machine that you can count on to perform day in and day out with no headaches for you. 
The stainless steel option is available on six of Mill Creek's models, from the popular 27, suitable for up to four horses, to the Big Daddy 127 for over 20 horses. Two of the models can be ordered with either ground or PTO drive. Like all Mill Creek spreaders, stainless steel spreaders have the lowest sides in the industry for easy manure loading. You can't go wrong with any Mill Creek manure spreader, but the new stainless steel models are truly something special. You've never seen anything like them before. Mill Creek has been in business for almost 30 years, and they've continuously improved their designs with horse owners in mind. Horse owners like you and I, who appreciate the best quality, best engineered machines on the market. When you call Mill Creek, you'll reach them at their own factory in Pennsylvania. That's right, not in India, but in Pennsylvania because they're all made in the USA. Give them a call today at 800-311-1323 or visit their website at millcreekspreaders.com. That's millcreekspreaders.com. Well, this evening... We would like to welcome Christina Firth from the United States Dressage Federation. She is the Competition Dressage Department Manager. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Teresa. I am happy to be with you this evening. Well, Christina, I I called you because um, this this weekend it was great. We went to the regional finals, and um, we uh, my horse qualified for the national finals, but. There was a lot of question for everybody in in the you know at the show and in the office about this whole qualifying system for national championships. So I really you know I asked Christina to come on the show to kind of help clear up for everybody sort of what happens and what the process is. So Christina, take it away. Okay. Well, first of all, Rich, congratulations on qualifying for the U.S. Dressage Finals. Um, that's Wonderful, and that's certainly in your backyard, so I bet you're quite <laughs> yeah, excited to compete here. Um, to qualify for the U.S. Dressage Finals, there's two different ways that a horse rider can qualify. The first way to qualify is through uh, placing in an eligible regional championship class. Um, eligible regional championship classes are either the open classes or the adult amateur classes. So both champion and reserve champion horse rider combinations in each of the eligible classes, so that's training level through Grand Prix and the freestyles, in each of the nine regional championships will be automatically invited to the U.S. dressage finals provided they have met three criteria. One, the rider is required to be a, a U.S. citizen. Two, the horse rider combination is required to have completed the declaration of an intent process prior to the deadline. And three, they must um, earn the eligible placing, which would be first or second, in a regional championship class. So, um, Christina, if, that, oh, I was just sorry, I was going to stop you. So, the nomin- um, the declaration has to happen before the regionals start, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, to qualify for the finals through a placing, those horse rider combinations needed to have declared, which was basically submit their their name into the hat, per se. There's no fee associated with it, but the riders needed to have declared prior to the regional championship competition. Got it. And it's very simple. You just go on the website. It literally takes two seconds, but do it before your regional starts. So... There's a few more regionals, right, that can go, and so you can still sign up. Yep, we have two more regionals this coming weekend. Uh-huh. Cool. Great. Sorry. Okay, carry on. Certainly. 
Um, if either the champion or the reserve champion declines the invitation or are ineligible to compete, then the invitation is issued to the um, third place declared rider. And that then continues to the fifth place declared rider. Um, so we do not invite or offer any invitations past the fifth place declared horse rider combination. Got it. That, okay, that sounds great. So how's, what's the, net, the other way you can qualify? Okay. The second way to qualify is through what's called a wild card. And that was, I think, the chart you were referring to earlier, Reese. Um, so wild card uh, horse rider combinations are not required to have completed the declared, uh, not required to have completed the declaration process prior to the competition. Um, so the, the wild card score is, um, differs depending upon the level, open or adult amateur, and differs depending on the, um, the level and the division. So it's different if it's training level versus Grand Prix, and it's different if it's the open division versus the adult amateur division. But as long as a horse rider combination has met that minimum score or, of course, higher, then they are um, eligible to compete at the finals in that specific level and division. Awesome. So what happens? Okay, so you, let's say you, you either place first or second or you hit the wild card score. What happens next? Okay, so um, then you are, if you're first and second and you declared, or if you have the wild card score, then you're eligible to compete at the finals and all entries, whether through wild card or through placing, need to complete the nomination process by the deadline, and everybody has the same deadline, which is 96 hours after your regional championship, which basically equates to the Thursday midnight after your regional championship. Um, and the nomination process is basically just going on the same website that you want to declare, but this time there is a fee associated with it. You're basically paying the, the championship class fee. Um, and stating that, yes, your intent is to compete at the U.S. dressage finals, and therefore you're putting um, the nomination fee down for that purpose. That makes sense. So when you then when you go to enter the U.S. dressage finals, that fee isn't charged, right? It's already it's already, You've already paid it. Yeah, okay. You've already paid it. Correct. Correct. Right. And, and then, a lot of people are choosing to enter the competition. Um, earlier than last year because we did um, change the process regarding the heated stabling. So there is a bit of a, for some people, there's an initiative to enter the competition, complete your full entries uh, earlier. Oh, yeah. I like literally got home from the finals and did it right away because let me tell you, it gets a little chilly outside. So get the <laughs> right. entries in quickly so you're in the inside stabling. It's way better. So I mean, it's first come, first fun. serve basis yeah. then for that nice stabling. Um, yes, to a certain degree. Stabling in the heated barns is allotted by region based on the number of entries received from each region at closing date. However, the assignments for each region's allotment will be based on the date that the completed entries are received from those requesting right. the stabling. Right. And right. they must be received within five days and no later than five days after their nomination deadline. Got it. So, um, 
well, this show will actually air on, on a Friday. So if you are hearing this and you have already had your regional finals, you will have missed the deadline. But the people that are competing in the two regions that are left, that, that that's here to help you um, sort of understand what, what to do. And um, also, Christine, the, the entry is online, isn't it? Yes. Yep. You can certainly um, enter online the same website that you go to declare and nominate um, or hard copy entries are, are still accepted if competitors wish to submit a hard copy in the mail. Awesome. Yeah, it's super easy. I mean, once you sort of get in the process and sort of understand what's happening, the website is super easy to use and user-friendly. Uh, and if I can do it, really anybody can. So, um, so Is that straight that- through on the USDF website? Could I find it if I needed to? Yep, on the homepage of the USDF okay, website, perfect. there's a there's a box that says uh, a big black box that says U.S. Dressage Finals, and if you click on there, that takes you to the the pages that you need to declare, nominate, and enter for the finals. Perfect. Super. And Christina, what is the website for the U.S. Dressage Finals? It is usdressagefinals.com. dot org. <laughs> Isn't that so, simple? Yeah, exactly. I, I, but you can also go to that website and it, and it, and it works you through the whole process. So, well, Christina, thank you so much for your time today coming on the show and explaining us, um, to us what happens. Um, and once you get on the website, then there's information about what is happening here in Kentucky. There's a lot of fun things that are going on through the U.S. Dressage Finals, and it really is a great weekend. And uh, anybody that's close should really come and see some of the, you'll see some of the top horses in the U.S. coming. So it's, it's great. So, Christina, while we have you online, uh, Philip is going to read a listener question uh, that we got, and you have a great answer for us. So, Philip, when you're ready, take it away. Yeah, well, uh, we got this through our Facebook page, and it's from one of our favorite listeners, Doreen, who writes to us uh, semi-often, you know. So, um, basically, the gist of the message was that she heard a rumor that the rider test will soon start to count for uh, USDF awards. Um, Christina, maybe you could uh, address that question for us. Sure, sure. Um, Here at USDF, we have had some of the same questions put forward to us, um, and the awards committee has... Um, done some research and, and kind of evaluated that same question of, you know, sh- should and could the USEF rider test be applied towards USDF awards programs? Um, at this point, the answer is no, that the USEF rider tests are not eligible for any of the USDF award programs. Um, of course, that will kind of continue to be reviewed as time goes on. However, at this point, there was uh, some concerns that there seems to be um, a little bit of inconsistent judging with those uh, tests. Those tests are not offered all the time and, and not ridden um, a huge amount. Um, so at, at this point, um, they are not included in the USDF awards program. Super. Well, Christina, thank you so much for clearing up all our questions today. We really appreciate it. And if our listeners have a question directly for you, how do they find you uh, through the email? Um, yep, yeah, I'd be happy. Um, I'd be happy to answer any emails. Uh, my email is K Firth. That's spelled K F I R T H at usds.org. Perfect. Thanks, Christina. 
Well, that was a great discussion from Christina, and I hope that helps everybody on their quest to the U.S. Dressage Finals or, and or uh, getting down here to Kentucky. So for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, I am very excited to have Lauren Griffin on the show, and she's going to talk about um, how to schedule and think about your winter plans for your horse. Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we are so excited this evening to have Lauren Griffin from Zen Equestrian Center in Atlanta, Indiana, on the show for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Reese? We are doing awesome. We got to spend last weekend, we were, we were stable mates, and uh, we were right next to each other, and we had a blast at the Region 4 Championships, and I snagged you to do a trainer tip for us this week. It's uh, just, but yeah, sorry, Lauren, just before we start, it's dangerous to know Reese nowadays because um, <laughs> she gets everybody she knows to come on the radio, which is perfect. I love it. So uh, People are going to start running when they see me, Lauren. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Lauren, anyways. No problem. Well, it's, we had a little history with knowing a, a fantastic horse from the past, so we were able to reconnect in uh, that manner. So that was awesome. We did. We both competed a wonderful horse named Ollie, Fascination. Uh, and I, we will do a story on this horse. He is absolutely wonderful. And uh, I got my gold medal on him. And Lauren, you were qualifying for Young Riders on, the, on, on him after I rode him Grand Prix. Yes, he was 23 years old, and he won the Willie Art Scholarship, too, with me. Oh, he's so, oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. We, yeah. we, 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 will, we will get it on. We'll do a whole profile on Ollie, because he's a really Oh, yes, yeah, we have to. <laughs> God so bless the older athlete, right? Oh, you got to love him. You got to love him. Schoolmasters, school for sure. And all those th- types, yeah. I love it. So, Lauren, you have an awesome trainer tip for us this week. I'll just let you get started. Well, it looks like show season's wrapping up, so winter is right around the corner, and I can tell because my horses are starting to get a little fuzzy, and blankets are coming out of the Rubbermaid container, so I thought it'd be a great idea to talk about how we can get ourselves ready for the winter. Um, I know some people go down to Florida, which is great, and some people like us who have a barn that we have to take care of need to prepare for the snow and all that jazz. So I wanted to talk about what are things that we can prepare ourselves for a horse and training-wise. Um, I always like to start with, you know, when's a great time to start body clipping? Well, when my horse is sweating and it takes me a very long time to cool him down and you don't have that many coolers in the barn, it may be a good idea to check to see if, 
it's time for you to body clip. And if, you know, you're in an area that allows you to maintain blankets and good weather. So a great idea is to check to see if your horse is going to need body clips. And after that, you know, a good question is asked, you know, how many times do you ride your horse? Is it, you know, is it suitable? I mean, is it enough? I mean, is your horse going to get too cold? So I think, you know, body clipping is a good thing to check when it comes into the winter months, so, you know, especially if you train, you know, three to five times a week. Which so, I Lauren, I, no, I was ahead. just going to ask you, what type of clip job do you do? Do you do a full body, well, legs and head or what, how do you, what do you do? I guess you have to depend, you know, you have to ask yourself, how many times do I ride my horse? Does my horse live outside? you know, and have a lean-to, or does my horse come in at night? You know, there's trace clippings, there's full body clippings that include the head, or what I typically like to do is I like to do the whole body and I leave the legs because my horses go outside during the day. Got it. Phil, do you have? Yeah. Do, do you do the same? Um, I just had a conversation uh, with uh, one of my owners today about a body clip for a horse. He's uh, He's going to do his first season of winter riding, so he's actually five i guess yeah five this year turning six next year and uh you know so he's been in work over the summer over the summer of his three-year-old year he got backed and then put out over the winter again and then same thing uh for his four-year-old year rode just mainly april to uh to um, to about now october and then now we've decided we're going to keep him in training and he's going to do you know his full full winter so we talked about his first body clip, right? And and he's already. We're a bit colder here already, so uh, most of the horses are are pretty fuzzy. And and we talked about this horse, and I, and so uh, without knowing what he's sort of like in in you know in the winter and how much he's going to sweat and how much he's going to work, um, we decided we're going to start with a with a trace clip, which is underneath the neck, uh, under the belly, you know, a little bit. So basically, half the horse, you know, from the middle of the horse down, he's gonna get he's gonna get his trace leg. We're gonna get we're gonna leave the legs on, you know, and then just start from there. And uh, we get into November or December where it really starts to get cold, and he's still sweating a lot. Then we're gonna full body take it all off. You know, I sort of the last thing for me will be the will be the legs and and the head. Um, we have an older horse at the same farm, and we have an older horse that uh, he's already been clipped twice. And just because he, wow. he even, yeah, even during the yeah, summer, oh he sort of grows this, you know, um, you know, heavy sort of thicker coat. So it's just best for him, and and we don't even have to sedate him. And he he, he kind of likes being body clipped. No, so yeah, he probably he's been done already. Comfy. And and uh, um, we're we're taking to we're taking him to a show this weekend a schooling show but and so we you know he had been clipped a few weeks ago and we thought oh we want him to look good and it's always nice when they get a little bit of a fresh clip and so and and that's why he's been done twice already but um it sort of depends on the horse like you said the amount of workload and then sort of saying you know like you said like when you say oh my god it's taking me half an hour to to cool this horse out and he's still wet that's not healthy so off comes the hair got it you know playing it by ear Right? And then, of course, you gotta yeah, have. I think then, then you gotta think about the blanketing. Do you have enough blankets? Do you have layers of blankets? You know, when you can, so you can adjust for the type of weather and 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 that sort of thing. So, yeah, it depends on everybody's personal situation. And but you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan for the horses in full work. They gotta they gotta get their full body. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of winter showing. So you know, even if your clip doesn't look the best, it's more of a function than 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 a form sort of thing. <laughs> That's true. 
That's true. All right, Lauren, you were going to start talking about riding. So talk, continue with your tip. Thanks so much. Well, I think it's so important that, especially if you're going to go into the show season, you know, come next May, spring, you know, 2016, you know, that you still keep your horse conditioning. I don't think having a whole month off is the best choice. So, you know, maybe gauge whether or not how much you're going to ride with the winter work and, you know, make sure your horse still keeps consistent work because that's how horses can get injuries too, is if they have so much energy and then they go bouncing around and bucking, especially with the colder weather that you don't want to also have a suspensory injury, you know, to maintain in the cold weather. So a good idea is to check to see, you know, do you need to maybe minus a day or two from your training schedule or, you know, figure out if your horse needs more exercise due to turnout. Um, our horses still stay five days a week, Monday through Friday, because we have an indoor arena. So that helps. And, you know, you have to see some people don't have indoor arenas. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't like riding outside in the blizzard. So, I mean, <laughs> that plays a big part. <laughs> I mean, we've oh, tried no. that once. <laughs> it's not oh, fun. No. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so also, you know, do you guys, um, you know, what is your thought about sort of training in general? Is this a good time to, you know, work on some new things, maybe think about a new level? How do you guys sort of gauge that with your horses? Oh, I agree. Winter is a time where you can play with everything. I mean, I typically like to check my horse's teeth in the fall too to make sure that there's no excuses when it comes to new training because this is a time where, you know, there's no pressure that you have a show in three weeks. So you can take all the time and that you want to teach fine lead changes or something. I love the winter for that because, you know, you have all the time it seems like and there's no pressure in a month or two to be going down the center line and, you know, not end up in the dirt. So <laughs> I love teaching my horses new things in the winter because, you know, it's fun, you know, and plus, you know, if you're cold, you can teach them something on the ground and warm up that way or, you know, there's no pressure. I feel like there's zero pressure in the winter and I love that part about winter training. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with that, you know, wholeheartedly. We, um, so we've already, you know, had our downtime. I like, you know, September, October, um, you know, I don't see, you know, I sort of take a break from the students a little bit and they're taking a break with their horses, whether, you know, they're, they're still riding or the horse gets a, you know, a couple of weeks off and, uh, it's a really nice time to hack in the fall and just to just enjoy things and to reflect on your season and, and, you know, and then we get back into it right about now to November to say, okay, you know, I think everybody's plan is to, you know, we start at this time to say, okay, if you were doing training level next year, we're doing first level and, you know, and, and so on and so forth with, you know, for all the horses on the levels. And, and, and like you said, then we start playing with some new stuff and, uh, take a first look at the, the new level and the new movements and sort of try it out and see where we're at. And, uh, you know, over the next few months, we'll, we'll figure out whether we're going to be ready to, do, to be doing, you know, um, second level if you were doing first before, but, uh, there's no reason not to, 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 um, you know, get doing new stuff and sort of that stops winter doldrums happening. We're not thinking about perfecting the level you were just doing or, or any, you know, of our old sort of problems. We're going to see if, if uh, some new movements can, can shed some light on some of our, our issues and, and uh, sort of try and figure it out, figure things out that way. And then later on in, you know, during the winter, we could say, Oh, maybe we can need to take a step back or, or just to reassess. But yeah, like you said, we're now trying to just have fun with the horses and, and continue to do as much hacking as we can and get outside as much as we can. And, and, and like you said, just, just no pressure. What about you, Reese? What are you thinking about? Yeah. I know you're, you're yeah, sort of so thinking I'm, about 
Florida season. Florida. And, and, so and I, so. you know, I'm I'm kind of in that group of of going to Florida and sort of deciding, you know, where what I'm going to do. So really, Florida for us sort of flops our schedule a little bit. So, um, you know, I've one horse. Uh, Hello goes to the Nationals, and then he'll get a little bit of a, va- a va- vacation. He's not a complete vacation horse, um, but we'll do some stuff. It's beautiful weather here, so we'll play outside a little bit or do some hill work or some lunging and that kind of stuff. But I'll sort of let him have the rest of November to be kind of quiet. Um, and then a couple of my other horses are coming back, um, getting stronger, so that we can really train hard in Florida. Um, and then we flop and then because it's hot here in the summer now, um, you know, we will take a lot of July and August. That's more of our rest time. So I kind of have flopped my schedule going to Florida uh, because you just can't work them like you work them super hard or in the summer in the in your guys's case or for us in the winter you can't do that all year round they just can't yeah. hold up yeah and yeah so well, they burn out quickly. yeah they burn out yeah, and yeah they don't have fun right so there, yeah. there has to be time for fun and for training yeah. and and for taking the pressure off and, and more of, exactly of so playing, so my guys playing with yeah. yeah yeah so my guys will have a little break you know going into um November and then I you know again kind of keep it a little lighter over the holidays so when we're ready to ship out sort of January 1st uh everybody's sort of healthy and hopefully knock on wood and ready to rock and roll so, so when, when do you do the the when do you bump up the level right then so well, if we you were showing a horse first a little bit level, more in summer yeah well it, it depends be. you know like th- that's when we would more train is is in in the summer you yeah. know and get ready but that is a challenge with Florida so I think yeah. In in my case, this year I have two horses that I want to bump up. So I may bump them up um in getting ready, like um getting ready in January, February, March. I'll show here early and then uh in the spring or get some of the shows done in Florida and then they'll have then they'll come you know, does that make sense? So I flopped it. So then going into the summer, they'll have a rest and then we'll maybe train for the next level or do what we need to do. Yeah. So yeah. Makes sense. That's how we, it, it's definitely different. I mean, it's yeah, a different you adjust your you entire schedule. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the almost whole, like two show seasons. It is a little bit, but or you know, for us, it was nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for us in the Midwest and Lauren will say the same, you know, we have to travel quite a bit to our horse shows and I have found that Florida if you can sort of get get it done in Florida, uh, it's super easy. And so then it actually keeps us home more in the summer, if that makes sense. Because yeah, we're already qualified, sure. everything's done. So yeah. that's nice. So And there's a lot. It's not, you don't have to go spend the night. You don't have to go, like for us. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. I, yeah, the show, the show season in Florida is super nice because you can show out of the trailer or even mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to hack over to WEF or, you know, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really good. Great. So. So I think I think you just have to look and in, in, I think what's interesting about what we're all saying is is you really have to look at where you are, your schedule, the weather, and and think ahead a little bit on on how you're going to train your horses and and think you know uh, don't fly so much by the seat of your pants, but there is sort of a schedule and a routine to what you're doing. So uh, so that's that's kind of what what I would think, Lauren. Uh, any closing closing thoughts on what your plans are for the winter? We're just staying here. I have an insulated indoor, so I'm a little lucky that uh, I get to train all year round in the winter. But um, just having a plan, you know, knowing where I want to go with my horses, but not, you know, hold them accountable if it doesn't work, you know, just having fun. Love it. Well, Lauren, thanks so much for your time tonight. If our listeners want to find you online, how do they do that? 
they can contact us through Facebook, um, Zen Equestrian Center, or at our email address, which is zenequestriancenter at AOL.com. Well, Philip, that was an awesome discussion. And I think, uh, you know, again, we're, we're always working on the quest to have happy horses and healthy horses. And I hope that, uh, you know, helps everybody in their planning. But as always, feel free to email or send us a Facebook message. Um, we always try to answer them. And we always love when we have listeners uh, chime in. So please feel free to do that. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at fellowparksequestrian.com or email me at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.